What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode three of Rip City Rundown. Today on Rip City Rundown, we're going to be discussing the first three games of the year and then a bunch of rumors regarding the team and play of the team in reaction just to the early parts of the season. So obviously the Blazers have started off with three games, one against the Jazz, Rockets, and then Lakers. So three teams that should be fighting for playoff spots, if not locked for the playoffs. Um, we're 2-1 and one through those games, obviously, and there's a lot to talk about when it comes to these games. I mean, we can start off with just the Utah game, um, a very disappointing game. Um, I tried. I was watching the game. I tried to find good things out of this game, but there just wasn't really much good to come out of this. The defense didn't look good. Offensively, we were bad. The starters didn't play good. No one was in the plus in the plus minus category. The worst was Dame at negative twenty one. I mean, he only had nine points that game and seven assists, and only shot twelve shots. I mean, you expect from your best player he should be getting north of fifteen shots. I mean, CJ shot nineteen. Melo shot twelve. He shot the same shots as Melo. Um, but it seemed like Dame was trying too much to get his teammates involved, getting his new guys involved, such as Covington, Jones, um, Hood, trying to get him involved back in the offense. Uh, and he didn't want to just go out and score. When you're Damian Lillard and your first thing to do, you the sh- first thing you should do is score. Um, he's a scoring guard. He should be putting up 30. He should get his 30 every night and then look to involve teammates. Um, so that's what I think was the reason behind his struggles. We started off good. Derek Jones Jr. looked good at the beginning. Hit a couple threes. Ended with three threes on the night. Covington struggled scoring. He's kind of been struggling scoring these first couple games. We'll get into that later. Uh, CJ looked pretty good. He's looked good all year, especially in that Rockets game. Again, we'll get to that. And then Cantor was the one, probably the bright spot in game one, at least offensively. Went 7-for-7 from the field for 14 points. Um, Defensively, we gave up 120. It seemed like a Blazer game from last year, especially the first two games. Um, I'll get into what that means later in the video once I just recap all these games. But we started off the year very much looking like the Blazers of last year, and then last night in that Lakers game, I feel like we turned a corner. Um, Not sure if we will stay um, consistent like that, but we looked really good last night. But defensively, we were just giving up wide open threes, bad switches, not good communication, and just giving up too many open shots. That was the Jazz game. I really just want to not talk about that much talk about that game that much um just brings back bad thoughts and then we get into the rockets game now obviously coming into this game a lot of trade rumors that again we'll get into later um after i go through all these games but um obviously the rockets in that game were down four key players or three key players uh boogie cousins john wall and eric gordon but it was harden's first game back um Harden coming back from his quarantine that he was in for four days and coming off that quarantine he put up an insane game 44 points and 17 assists I mean you can't ask anything else from him and then he had Christian Wood looking like Anthony Davis putting up 31 points and 13 boards Um, those two look a very scary duo if Harden decides to stay but obviously they had their guys play big minutes I mean you got Harden playing 43 Wood playing 44 PJ Tucker playing 43 House playing 38 um if you're a Rockets fan, you don't want to see them have to go that many minutes this early in the season, but they had to do it, obviously, because of the COVID issues. But Blazers, for them, I mean, the starting lineup played exceptionally well. I mean, everyone in the starting lineup had a plus um, in the plus-minus. 
Lillard put up 32, had a very good game, um, 5 for 13 from 3. So he decided to go in and put up his shots. I mean, he put up 28 shots. Um, and then CJ put up 30 shots but made 17 of those and had a career-high 9 threes to put up 44 points right on Harden. So it was a C.J. Harden just battle there, especially down the stretch. Um, but it really was the Harden-C.J. show, and then Lillard chipped in. No one else really got going scoring-wise. I mean, Cantor, again, had a very solid game, 4 for 5 from the field, efficient, um, 10 points, 9 boards. Again, his defense is lacking, but the thing about Cantor, he gives great effort on defense, and that's all you can ask for from the backup center, in my opinion at least. Uh, Derek Jones Jr., 36 minutes, played some great defense. And then Covington, again, had trouble getting going offensively. He was only one for four from three. We want him to stay around that one for f- one for three, two for four, three for five if we can. That's a great night from Covington, but he went one for four. Um, but again, his defensive intensity, his playing in the passing lanes is what Again, got us some good turnovers, some big stops, and obviously he forced the final turnover, stealing James Harden's pass in the passing lanes that forced, um, that got the win. Um, something I want to talk about here, and it's just, I'm going to go ahead and just get to it, and we're going to talk about Carmelo Anthony. Um, for what we got him for at that vet minimum, I mean, he's not making any money at all. I mean, he took a huge pay cut to play with us. But with that being said, he's just he's not a guy that I see fitting this team well. If you, I mean, anytime you can get a guy of Carmelo Anthony's quality, I mean, he's still a very good player. I mean, he averaged 15 points a game last year. Um, and he's still averaging 10 this year, so he's giving you 10 points. But he doesn't fit the bench unit well. I think he still thinks that he's the best player on the bench unit. And while maybe talent-wise he is, and maybe while he can get the get the hottest if he's going, he's just not He's not a guy that I want to be taking a lot of my shots. And a lot of the times with this bench unit, the floor just gets clogged with mellow. I mean, he went 2 for 9 against the Rockets for 5 points, and he was a negative 16 plus minus. You can't be that bad in the plus-minus and ex- say you had a good game. So, Melo, and then we saw against the Lakers, without him, I mean, the bench unit looked amazing. I mean, and then we go back to the Jazz game. He put up 15 points, and he was 5 for 12 from the field, but he just doesn't take good shots. I mean, a lot of the time we're passing it to him, and he just tries to back down his, his defender and shoots a fadeaway or a mid-range jumper. And those just aren't quality shots, especially in today's NBA, especially the fadeaways. I mean, we obviously got a big taste of that with LaMarcus Aldridge back when he was here, but those are just not shots we need, and it clogs up the bench unit. But the thing is with Melo, you can't just not give him minutes. He's too talented, and he can make big shots. I mean, we saw in the bubble, I mean, he made big shots down the stretch, but especially with Giles being a very solid player, a very energetic player. I could see him getting minutes um, in these next coming um, games. And then you got Zach Collins that's going to come back. So you just got a lot of guys you got to feed minutes. And I'm just not sure Melo is a guy that you'd want to give 20 minutes a game. I mean, he can get yourself – and even when he goes in, he's not a guy that's just like um, a guy that is amazing in short spurts. I mean, he's a liability defensively. 
He makes his one or two plays a game um, on the defensive end where he just knocks the ball free or plays good IQ defense. I mean, he's got he's he's got a great IQ defensively. I mean, he knows when to poke the ball free and sorts like that. But obviously, he's older. He's just not quick enough to stay in front of opposing threes. And at the four, he's not quick enough um, even to stay in front of some fours these days. But he also sometimes doesn't even give effort defensively. But when he does, he's not a guy you can just blow by. He's a guy that you still got to work for your points. But I just think he's not a guy you want out there guarding another team's wing. And I don't think his production offensively is enough to... Um, cancel that bad defense out, and then because offensively he's just he sometimes is just not on, and he doesn't know when to stop shooting, in my opinion. But I'm still glad we have him because he's better than anybody else we could have got a vet minimum. But I wish he just would be smart with how he played and used his skill for the shots he's given. I wish he would just take he would just sh- like shoot himself into the game, like shoot if you miss it. Don't need to force up any more shots. Um, I just think he needs to work on that, in my opinion. But enough with Melo. We're going to move on to this Lakers game because this is what I want to talk about. This game was by far our best performance of the year so far, and this had to be one of the better performances I've seen out of the Blazers in the last year. Like I said earlier, um, the first Jazz game was a game that I just, that's a game we would have seen from last year's Blazers. You know, offensively, no but no flow offensively, defensively, no communication, no switches, just a very solo effort from everybody. And then even in the Rockets game, despite us winning, it was, again, that was a game that last year's Blazers would have played, just a game where you got to score more than the other team, and we got to rely on two players, Damon CJ. Um, in the Rockets game, we had a lot of just bad defensive possessions, too much iso ball, too much... Just no movement offensively, but we have the talent that we can outscore people like that just through iso ball. But that is not how I think Terry Stotts or any of these Blazers players want to play this year. They don't want to have to play where they're grinding out a win by putting up 130 and barely winning the game because we can't play defense. And this Lakers game proved how I think we want to play and how we can play. So obviously the leading scorer of the night was Dame. He went 10 for 16, 5 for 10 from 3. He didn't miss a 2, or he missed, excuse me, 1-2 all night. Uh, but he had 31 points, and it was a very quiet 31. I feel like he didn't, He obviously he only put up 16 shots, so he's not shooting a ton. But he put up a very quiet 31, but it's still a 31. It's a great performance from Dame. And CJ put up 20, but he had 11 assists, so he was playmaking very well tonight or last night, um, didn't really get going offensively, but that offense came from a third guy that we've needed, and that was Gary Trent Jr. This is a guy we saw in the bubble go off, um, have performances like this in the bubble. He put up 28 points. It's a plus 15, plus minus. Uh, 7 of 11 from 3, and he made big shots throughout the game, um, especially I think it was that second quarter when he really exploded. Uh, he had 16 at half. And then you continue that play into the second half. And this is coming off a game where you only played six minutes in the Rockets game. Now, I don't think there should ever be a time when you play Gary Trent for only six minutes. Um, I think that's, that was unacceptable of Terry Stodds. He said that he needed to give his minutes either to Simons or Gary Trent, and Simons was playing better that game. And while that makes sense, 
you still need to find a way to get Gary Trent on the, on the floor. He's too good of a three-point shooter, and he's too good of a defender and gives too much effort on defense to keep off the court. And that's going to be one of the issues with this deep team. When you've got players coming off the bench, this is Cantor, Hood, Trent, Simons, Mello. You're going to have Collins coming back. You're going to have Giles, who you probably want to give some minutes because he was very good in the preseason. There are going to be guys that are not going to get minutes on a nightly basis. Obviously, Mello didn't travel with the team um, last night and is not going to be playing in the Clippers game. For health concerns, I just hope he's okay. Prayers up. Not sure what the issue is with him. But even Simons, Simons only played five minutes last night. In those five minutes, he was a plus eight, plus minus. Um, so good minutes from him. But there's going to be guys that aren't going to get minutes consistently on a nightly basis. And that was Gary Trent versus the Rockets. That was Simons tonight. Obviously, Melo didn't play like I said. But Gary Trent, as he said in the postgame interview, he's with whatever coach says. He's going to do what coach asks. And when he gets the opportunity, he's going to take the most of it, make the most of it. And that's exactly what he did. Um, so Trent looked very good last night, and again, it's just it's something that you want to keep in the back of your mind as well. CJ, as well as CJ has played this year, and man, he's played amazing. Um, Trent is probably capable to be a starting starting guard in this league. And you just wonder what that trades that what could CJ get? Um, but as of now, don't need to do that. We're two and one. We're looking good, especially after this game. Defensively, um, I was very pleased. I mean, obviously, LeBron's going to get his. He put up 29. He was pretty solid from three. I mean, he only went three for seven, but it seemed like he was draining every three he took. Um, but the defense against Anthony Davis, which is is what was the highlight of the game. And the guy that was on Davis for a majority of the night was Robert Covington. And I think Robert Covington, despite his poor shooting, and we'll talk about that, might be one of the MVPs of the game. So Covington offensively, we'll start there. We'll start with the bad, and then we'll go to the good. But Covington is really struggling shooting the ball. I mean, when he went 0 for 6 from 3, 2 for 9 from the field. I mean, let's see. Let's just see how he's doing on the year shooting-wise. Um, he's made 1-3 all year. He's 1 for 13 from 3 all year. So obviously that's not what you want from a guy that's prides himself on 3 and D. I mean, when you look at past years, obviously... Career-wise, he's a 35% free three-point shooter, and he's gone 36, 37, 35, 36, 37, 39. So he's always in the high 30s when it comes to his shooting. But um, he didn't look too good last night, obviously, offensively. And you could tell he was frustrated as well with his shooting. I mean, I think it was might have been the fifth or sixth three he took. He missed, and he threw his hands up, and you're like, why is nothing falling for me? He was very disappointed, but he made up with that defensively I mean in the past we've had wings that can't shoot so when I say can't shoot I mean have had a rough game shooting such as Aminu, Harkless or Baysmore, Ariza and those type and they kind of their bad energy offensively turns into bad energy defensively and I think Covington knows that even if he doesn't have it going offensively he can get his defensively and he can change the game defensively, and that's what he did last night. I mean, he was guarding Anthony Davis, and he had, for a majority of the game, and held him to 13 points. If you can hold Anthony Davis to 13 points, you're more than likely going to win the game. Um, and he made big-time deflections, big-time steals. I mean, he had three steals. He made a big block, one block. We'll get into the blocks later with another guy. But Covington, I mean, you saw on my Instagram, 
I thought he and this other guy I'm about to talk about were the players of the games due to their defensive efforts and the energy they brought on that side of the ball, and they did not shoot the well ball well offensively. I mean, it was Derek Jones Jr. is the other guy I'm talking about. They combined for 3 for 18 offensively and 0 for 11 from 3. And you look at that and you're like, how can they be the MVP of the game? How in the world can you say they had a good game? And you just say they bring so much impact defensively and it's an impact we haven't seen in a long time here for the Blazers. I mean, we love Alfred Camino. We love Mo Harkless. They were very good defenders for the Blazers. They were good defenders for the Blazers. We haven't had good defenders in the Dame era, Dame CJ era specifically. Um, but they were good defenders for the Blazers because we ha- compared to what we had and what we have, they were bad. They they were good. But compared to the elite defenders of the league, they're bad. I mean, Roko is such a good team defender. He can play in those those passing lanes and he even looks so good. And then Jones is such a good on-ball defender and he was hounding LeBron all night. We'll talk about Derek Jones Jr. and the energy he brought. Despite LeBron going 11 for 20, LeBron did turn the ball over three times, and all three of those times were because of Derek Jones Jr. His length was really messing with LeBron all night. I mean, he, he contested everything. I mean, a huge deep three, and Jones Jr. contested it. And just that length, that length for Jones Jr. was absolutely huge for the Blazers. I mean... And offensively, despite him going one for nine, that one shot was a big dunk. He 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 brings the energy offensively. And he's a high flyer. He made some huge blocks. I mean, I'm gonna throw it on the screen right now. Just look at this block. I mean, that block just he floated over LeBron, and LeBron just didn't see him coming. But he he hounded LeBron all night so well. Um, he just sits in that dunker spot, and he can be lethally efficient um, for where he comes from. And then he even had some good passes on it. And so did Covington. Covington had one play where he skipped the pass across for CJ, and it was, I think, or it may have been Dame, I'm not sure. But, I mean, the energy they bring and the, the, the effort, they just never give up, uh, Jones and uh, Covington. I mean... LeBron was bothered all night. Anthony Davis was bothered all night. And those were because of the solo efforts from Jones Jr. and Robert Covington. Um, One more thing I'm going to talk about with this game is the bench unit. Um, I was talking about Melo, and I'm just saying, should Melo get minutes? What should the bench unit look like? And I think the first guy off the bench any game should be either Hood or Gary Trent. Hood will go ahead and go in-depth on him. I was very pleased with what I saw last night. Despite him going two for six, he had five points. Um, he looked very aggressive, and that's something I want to see from a guy coming off an Achilles tear. You can't ask for anything more from Hood. Just There was one time where he, just, he went ISO and went for the three ball. I mean, you love to see that from... Um, Hood, if, if, if you're a Blazer fan, because you don't want him to be passive. I mean, he had a great year last year. Obviously, he did. Uh, before he went down, he was leading the league in uh, three-point percentage. And I was super proud of his aggressiveness in this uh, this past game. And 
He just looked comfortable in this game. And again, that's something you want to see from a guy coming off an Achilles injury. Now, a lot of those shots aren't going to go in right now. And that's something as a Blazer fan, despite you not getting the points on the board, you have to take it and you have to say, I want you to keep doing that because those shots are going to fall. Rodney Hood is too talented to just sit in the corner. He, he can get his own if he wants to. Um, so that was Hood. Cantor, again, Cantor, I mean, before I just go into this, the whole bench unit, the plus minuses were insane. I mean, you had plus 13 for Cantor, plus 13 for Hood, plus 15 for Trent, plus 8 for Simons. I mean, and their bench unit, minus 23 for Kuzma, minus 20 for Harrell. I mean, that bench unit really played well. And Cantor, he's, I mean, he's averaging 12 points per game on the year and 10 rebounds in only, what is it, like 22 minutes? 22 minutes? I mean, that's a he's averaging a double-double off the bench. I know it's only three games, but still, that's that's really good for uh, Cantor. And he's been very active. Again, the effort defensively, despite him not being a strong defender, the effort he gives is very good for the Blazers. And it's going to get us stops a lot of the times, even though he's going to give up easy buckets. Um, the bench unit. Like I'm going to say, we're going to have Collins come back mid-January, I think. Somewhere around there. I'm not sure the exact timetable. Melo obviously didn't play. Who should be the bench unit? I mean, Cant or Hood? Trent and Cantor are guys that you should be playing every single game. They should be playing at least 16, 18 minutes a game. But then what do you do after that? Who do you give the minutes to? Do you give it to Simons? Do you need another guard getting minutes? But you want Simons to grow um, as the young guy. You want him to throw him out there in the fire and continue him to grow because it's year three, and at some point you're going to have to extend him if you keep just sitting him on the bench. you got to see what he can do. And I think he's done good in his career, but he just needs more and more. Yeah, Giles. Giles hasn't played any minutes at all this year, pretty much, except garbage time. But he's a guy that can bring energy. He's a guy that can bring shot blocking. I mean, he saw you saw what he did with the Kings last year. He can he can do those things. And then you got Mello, and Mello, while he can clog up the offense, he can be very uh, just hot and then cold and then hot and then cold. He's still one of the more talented guys off this bench and the guy that can create his own shot. Um, I think other Hood can do it, but he is. Obviously coming back from that injury still, and he's going to take some time to get that. Trent is proving that he can create his own shot, and then Melo definitely can, but sometimes Melo's creating his own shot is a bad shot. Um, so Terry Stotts has some big decisions to make on whether who he wants to play. I think he's just going to go with a hot hand all night, and I think while that's smart, sometimes that's not. But I trust Terry and what he's going to do. Hopefully he is uh, he's smart with it. Um, now the final thing I'm going to talk about is the trade rumors obviously James Harden a couple days ago released two more teams to his list and those teams were Portland and Boston and that got a lot of Blazers Blazers fans and Blazers Twitter thinking like could we actually pull off this trade for James Harden should we do it and my answer to that is the only way we're going to get James Harden is if a third team is involved, most likely. I just don't think CJ, Zach Collins, Simons, and Cantor is enough. Because if you're trading James Harden, who is arguably a top five player in the league, in my opinion, I put him around seven, um, you got to get an absolute star in return, in my opinion, or a star young guy. And CJ is not at the star level right now. 
and we don't have any star young guys except a guy maybe that could turn into a fringe all-star in Gary Trent, but I don't think we want to get rid of him if we're already getting rid of CJ. And then obviously you're not going to trade Dame. Because if you're the Rockets, you don't want it to turn into a Kawhi Leonard trade where you're trading your star in Kawhi Leonard and you're getting back DeMar DeRozan and Yaka Potal. Because DeMar DeRozan, while he's a fringe all-star, he's not making that team any better now. and He's not making that team better for the future. So that trade definitely backfired for the Spurs. Obviously, they were backed into a corner by Kawhi even more than the Rockets are from Harden because Kawhi was starting to sit out. And he was sitting out for the year. And he had sat out for the year. And he was no chance playing for the Spurs. Harden's at least suiting up and playing for the Rockets and playing very well. But obviously he still wants to get out. And the Blazers are on his list. If I'm the Blazers, I think that you look into this trade for sure. Because if you can have James Harden and Damian Lillard on the court together, that's absolutely lethal. You're, you're not getting stopped. But you got to be cautious with it because I just don't want James Harden coming into this team and we give up a bunch of our depth that we're priding ourselves on now and it turns in just a not a good trade. It's really hard to decide because the trade would obviously have to be centered around CJ and picks. And while we really don't need picks, you obviously can get guys with those late first round picks. I mean, obviously we got Gary Trent in the second round. We got... Um, who else did we get? We got LB this year. We got Simons in the late first round. We got Collins from trading two picks that were late mid first round. I mean, you can get quality players in that late first round. So trading picks is something that I'm not. I never shy away from. I just think that if you don't have to, you don't do it. But I just we say this every year. We need to run it back. We need to actually do it. Like, we've really never, like, obviously that Western Conference Finals year was our year, but obviously Nurk was out. So you can't really say that was that was the peak of what the Blazers can do because you don't know. Nurk could have made a huge difference. We could have gone to the finals that year. You never know. Last year, obviously, huge injuries. This is the first year of the Damon CJ era that we've had an elite team, in my opinion, around Damon CJ. And barring any injury... We should be a big threat in the playoffs, and this could be the year that we, who knows, go to the finals. And I think that Harden could push those chances over the top, but I think you just you might just want to run it back one more time with this team, and this is the year to do it. But if the deal's on the table where you don't have to give up a lot, um, when I say a lot, you don't have to give up a King's Ransom for Harden. I think you do pull the trigger. Olshi was obviously, Olshi and the Rockets team was out there watching Harden warm up before the Blazers game versus the Rockets, and they're probably just discussing, like, oh, you want Harden, you want CJ? Um, stuff like that. Um, but the Harden rumors, I doubt that we'll do a trade for him. I just don't think we have enough. We'll have to have a third team, and if we're going to have a third team, I think another team can send a better offer to him. But that's me personally. Um, and with that being said, I mean, I guess I'll talk quickly about the Clippers game. And that coming up. Uh, the Clippers. Whew, yikes. I mean, they're playing a game tonight against the Timberwolves. Obviously, they're 2-1 on the year, and that loss is a bad, bad loss to the Mavericks. I mean, what? They lost by 51? They were down 50 at halftime? I mean, how is that even possible? I mean, they got Pandemic P, that's why. <laughs> but 
The Clippers, obviously, a very solid team. I don't know if Kawhi will be back after that elbow to the face, but they still have Paul George, who has, despite the pandemic, peace slander. He's done good this year. They've got Ibaka. They even got Nick Batum. I mean, they play Wesley Matthews versus the Lakers, and we got to play Nick Batum. Two guys that were on my one of the favorite Blazer teams, that 2014 team. One of the year, early years when I started watching the Blazers, I mean, those guys are on L.A. teams, and that's hard to see. Hard to see Wesley Matthews in a Lakers uniform and Nick Batum in a Clippers uniform, I can tell you that. But um, it should just be like the Lakers game. If we can play like we did there, we should be able to get a win, especially if Kawhi's not playing. If Kawhi's playing, we struggled with the Clippers in the past. Um, but hopefully we get over that hump and get the win. We've got wing defenders to throw at them, so and then they obviously don't have great guards. I mean, the only guy that can guard Dame and CJ is Patrick Beverly. They'll probably put George on Dame or CJ, but then again, Dame is known for cooking Paul George, a.k.a. that's a bad shot. <laughs> uh, but that's going to do it for this episode, a uh, longer episode. I kind of like, I want to do around 30-minute episodes from now on. Uh, yeah, but that's going to do it. Leave a like rating if you're watching on YouTube, and give five stars if you're listening on Spotify. Um, hope you enjoyed episode three of Rip City Rundown podcast. And hopefully, have more throughout the season. Make sure to follow the Instagram at rip.city.rundown for Blazers news and updates on the podcast. That'll be it, guys. Peace.